0: Welcome back to the Menable Podcast. My name is Evan, and I am joined again with my good friend Kai. Kai, how excited are you to record this episode?
1: Oh, I'm so excited. I may not sound it, but... (laughs) (laughs) I am. you you
0: sound it. Okay, good. So, um, yeah, it's nighttime. We're tired. We want to... We wanted to get this out, but we're we're still pumped. We're excited. Yeah, uh, we're we're continuing our journey through the bruised reed by Richard Sibbs, um, and uh, this episode and last week's episode go hand in hand. Um, they build off each other greatly. Last week was um, what is the the smoking flax. This week is Christ will not quench the smoking flax. Um, so I'd encourage you to. Listen to last week's episode before this week if you are are trying to jump ahead on us. Yeah. But anyways, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get right into this. Kai's yeah. gonna read our scripture passage from the book.
1: Yeah. My favorite job. It's a good job. <laughs> but, important. Yeah. So the scripture passage. You should know by now, Isaiah forty two one to three.
0: Three. three. Yep.
1: Yeah. Behold behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a fainting, burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice.
0: Amen. That is the esv version by the way we probably should have said that th- like four episodes ago But that's
1: <laughs> <not>. <laughs> yeah i'm yeah i'm surprised we never thought of saying that no but i'm we pretty probably sure should have. most of our scripture references are probably from esv
0: yeah no i think they all are but sibs um uh, what would he have used the geneva bible
1: uh i think he'd use kjv
0: Okay, I wasn't sure. Anyways, so Sibs here, smoking flax, faintly burning wick, synonymous, same thing. I like the language of smoking flax better. Sounds cool. (laughs) Anyways, so we're going to jump in. This week is in the the chapter, we're on chapter four. This is entitled Christ Will Not Quench the Smoking Flax. And uh, in the show notes, there will be a free uh, ebook copy if you'd like to go read along with us. PDF, actually. So yeah, the points in this chapter are, uh, there's two. The first one is the least spark of grace is precious. And the second one is support the weak. So he opens up the, the chapter by saying this. Sib says this. The second observation concerning the weak and small beginnings of grace is that Christ will not quench the smoking flax. This is so for two principal reasons. First, because this spark is from heaven it is his own it is kindled by his own spirit and secondly it tends to the power of his powerful grace in his children that he preserves light in the midst of darkness a spark in the midst of the swelling waters of corruption that is so good like i'm always <laughs> blown away at the wording the beautiful imagery of sibs yeah Anyways, i like I like his word pictures. They're good. We're going to use a couple
1: this episode, probably. Oh, yeah.
0: 100%. So we're going to jump in. Kai's going to lead off into the first point, which is the least spark of grace is precious.
1: Yeah. And in this first point, we see that the heart of Christ is compassionate for those who come to him. Even if their requests are mixed with doubts, even if their light is mixed with smoke, as we see the burning wick. Our Saviour, though we might present blemished offerings, received them cleansed through the Holy Spirit. And this is oh I love this paragraph, the the way that uh Sibbs puts it, but I'll I'll go through it quick. And but Sib says about that We see how our Saviour Christ bore with Thomas and his doubting, and with the two disciples that went to Amos, if that's how you pronounce it, who wavered that's as amazing. to whether Sorry? Emmaus. Emmaus. okay. That went to Emmaus, who wavered as to whether he came to redeem Israel or not. He quenched not that little light in Peter, which was smothered. Peter denied him, but he denied not Peter. If thou wilt, thou can, said one poor man in the gospel. If thou can do anything, said another. Both were smoking flax. Neither of them was quenched. If Christ had stood upon his own greatness, he would have rejected him that came with his if. But Christ answers his if with a gracious and absolute grant. I will, but be thou clean. Mm. I love that part. I love the, just how he goes through all the stories real quick.
0: Like, yeah, he's good Thomas. at that. That's, I love the old writers are so keen on that. Their illustrations are always it's like it's like you you almost get a biblical theology when you're reading their books because mm-hmm. it's just so rich with uh especially old testament references and some of them that are just um just kind of like in the the most random spot if i can say that word like in the middle <laughs> of like first kings or just i don't know somewhere um kind of in the middle of the uh, a narrative in the old testament and it's just yeah. a beautiful uh connection and it, it sticks with you which is cool
1: yeah Yeah, he actually does a really weird one later that I'll mention when we get to it. (laughs) But but yeah, I always find comfort in like that story of Thomas. And I think I was talking about a little of that the last episode, but I just how like Jesus like bears Thomas out so much as even to suffer him to like put his hand in his...
0: Yeah, that was a beautiful quote. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's us. We're Thomas. (laughs) <laughs> and we need that assurance. We don't have the physical body of Christ, but we have his word, which is even clearer in a sense, right? Like it was for our benefit that Christ went away, that he'd sent his spirit uh, in the, the full revelation of the New Testament. Hmm. Yeah. So let's go on. So um, what what we also learn from this chapter is that in scripture, we have a direct view of the heart of Christ, Uh, which is gentle and lowly. And one of the things that is evident is that he yearns for the weak, the poor, and the distressed. Us Christians fit all of those categories spiritually, and maybe physically. And because of this, Christ, when he sees us in this condition, he yearns for us, and he seeks to bind up the brokenhearted. Uh, We've talked about this in the past, how this is one of his offices. He came His mission was to bind up the brokenhearted. Um, And Sib says this, Christ's heart yearned, the text says, when he saw the people without meat, lest they faint in the way. Much more will he have regard for the preventing of our spiritual fainting. Yeah, I love that. How Christ um, is so, what's the word? like married like he's he's so close and intimate with his people that he won't let them backslide to a point where like you can't lose your faith Mm -hmm. he's the perfecter he's the author and the perfecter of your faith and he will ensure you ensure that you will be um equipped and that you will you will grow and that you will um yeah that you won't be quenched um Mm -hmm. We're prone to to backslide into, and, and if we were left on our own, we would faint spiritually. But because of the grace of Christ, that will never happen.
1: Yeah, and that, that makes me think of uh Peter before I'm not sure when, around the Garden of Gethsemane, when Peter mm-hmm. said or he, Christ says to Peter that like Satan wanted to like destroy him and to churn him like wheat or something hmm. but jesus prayed and is he's aware of that peter is going to fail him but like as we've seen hmm. like peter's going to deny jesus but jesus isn't gonna yeah. deny him he's yeah. aware of his spiritual failings and he's gonna yeah. make sure he makes it along the
0: path and like his pe, peop- he will never reject his people if you go to christ i know we've said this we're gonna keep saying this through this book if you go to christ you will not be rejected If you humble yourself, if you go to Christ as your your only uh, means for hope and comfort and joy and life and peace, as your savior, you will not be rejected. And this is a a savior who calls to all people to come to him. Um, And it says in Revelation that come to him without price. Like there's no standard that you have to meet um materially or physically or or emotionally to go to Christ. You must uh empty yourself, repent of your sins, and come and believe in Christ. And mm-hmm. if you come, you are secure in his hands.
1: Yeah. Uh, a passage that Sibs mentions kinda of, that deals with this, which I meant to quote earlier, but it's Isaiah sixty five eight. Mm -hmm. Which says, thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and they say, do not destroy it, for there's a blessing in it, so I will do for my servant's sake, and not destroy them all. Mm -hmm. Referring to the, off like, Israel. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just thought that was a good kind of analogy. Like, we see the bush, and we won't destroy it, because there's just, even if there's, like, a little bit of, like, grapes in there to make some juice. But, yeah even if it's
0: mixed with thorns and thistles and
1: yeah yeah and it's the same way with us like even if we have a little bit of faith like he's he sees that and he's yeah. not gonna destroy it
0: that's christ's faith like he, yeah he yeah. planted that in you he's gonna ensure like as a gardener when he plants um a flower he's gonna ensure that he's gonna water that plant he's not gonna let that plant dry up um he's gonna give it what it needs so it will grow Mm-hmm. The weak and I don't even know if you can say strong <laughs> but <laughs> any of any 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 Christian especially the weak um those who humble themselves come into Christ yeah. Hmm. yeah so yeah that's yeah the first point's pretty quick pretty quick and then we're jumping into the second point where sibs expands on this point where he says that we need to support the weak mm. Um, Something that is pretty evident is that being human, we all grow up, grow impatient when something is taking a while to progress and uh, we will often give up. We have the tendency to quench small beginnings and to put out smoldering fires because it might seem like it's too much work. When a spark begins to ignite and it takes too much time to light a fire, we will blow it out and begin again and try for a bigger spark. But Christ does not quench the small spark, despite its weakness, but is patient with it and softly blows on it until it becomes a flame. And Sibs says, Here see the opposite dispositions in the holy nature of Christ, in the impure nature of man. Man for a little smoke will clench the light. Christ, we see, ever cherishes even the least beginnings. That's so good. Just even Mm -hmm. that molecule of faith, the tiniest little molecule, the drop in the ocean, Christ cherishes it and he takes joy that you are his and that he is yours.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Another thing, Bible kind of analogy that pops up in my head is Sodom and Gomorrah, like Abe, like God tells Abraham, hey, I'm going to destroy the city because it's wicked. Like there's thorns and it's mm. bad. But he's like, oh, but what about the righteous that are in there? And yeah, God's what if there's like, 50? Okay. What if there's yeah, 30? and it keeps getting lower and lower. Until it's, and yeah, it ends up only point. being one guy.
0: <laughs> even That's a great point. Like even in the midst of all that corruption, abominable corruption, which is sometimes a picture of our soul, even though there's one righteous person in there, God will send his way in and pull him out of that wickedness. Oh, that's cool. That's good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Want me to get the next point?
0: Yeah, let's go ahead.
1: Okay. So the next thing was wait. Actually, you get this point. Okay. You wrote this one. I got it.
0: (laughs) I'm going to have to do the next one too then. You can read the quote from Sibs, but I'll (laughs) I'll read (laughs) it. Okay, yeah, sir. Paul um we see was willing to deny himself and to become like others in order to have relationships with them in order to share the gospel of Christ with them um like paul we need to have the same attitude today with with our relationships and especially with the weak and with the strong included and we must orient our actions and our words accordingly um it kind of it's kind of like contextualization we don't water down the message we don't water down the truth but it has to be presented in different ways um and that's kind of what i see here with paul is he um is he's able he's willing to deny himself um to become whatever he needs to be in order to win their souls over Um, so sib says i am as paul said i am made all things to all men that i might by all means save some oh that this gaining and winning disposition were more in many How careful was our blessed savior of little ones that they might not be offended. So we see here both the truth, uh, the beauty of Paul. Sorry, you were supposed to read that. That's funny. Paul emptying himself to (laughs) win others. But also we see this picture of Christ dealing gently with, especially the little ones, the meek, the children of the kingdom. And he doesn't offend them. He feeds them in small portions But even those small portions are important and um, needed. And that leads us to the next uh, idea that we see here in Sibs in in the chapter is, um, well, I remember an analogy that one of my professors gave me at Last Year at Heritage, which was, it's a good analogy. It'll stick with me for the rest of my life. Um, If you take theology as vegetables, um, and then we have, we have, we have children. Kids don't normally like vegetables, right? But they need to eat the vegetables, right? Children need to eat these. They're good for them. They feed them. They nourish them. But we need to find ways for them to eat the vegetables without shoving them down their throat. One of the the ways that you can do that with vegetables, you can blend them and mash them up into smaller portions. Which it's still the vegetables, but they're intaking them in a different way. Uh, likewise, with theology, with the, the truth of God's word, we must feed it to the weak and to the little ones, um, but we can't shove these entire, these intricate concepts uh, down their throats before they're ready. Young Christians uh, must begin first with the elementary school of Christ before they graduate into the high school. <laughs> they must learn the basics before they adman- advance to the more intricate doctrines. If you throw, for example, the doctrine of hypostatic union at a young convert before he has learned about the simple, uh, or the, the, some basic truths about the atonement, he will be overwhelmed and discouraged. Sibs here summarizes this beautifully when he says, "It is not the best way to assail young, believer, young beginners with minor matters, but to show them a more excellent way and to train them in fundamental points." For the most part, we see that Christ plants in young believers a love, which we call their first love, to carry them through their profession with more delight, and does not expose them to crosses before they have gathered strength, as we bring on young plants and fence them from the weather until they be rooted. Yeah, that's good. What do you think about Mm. that?
1: Yeah, I'm just thinking of, like, me growing up as a young kind of kid and if anybody threw the kind of things that we argue about in <laughs> bible college at me i would have been like what yeah like, what's that that's on the bible <laughs> yeah <laughs> who's calvin <laughs> <laughs> oh. so yeah so I, I i yeah i think that's important and it's also like a good reminder that uh the, the what we the i'm trying to think of like the necessities of the gospel Mm. like what you need to know to be saved are simple enough for a child yeah Yeah, and it's it's i like the quote like it's the bible is simple enough for a child but complex enough for a scholar so this is
0: true i think i make that that point in the confessions of old when i'm going through the 1689 Hmm. i I don't know if it was an episode that i already put out or one that's gonna be coming up but yeah
1: i think i remember you saying that Actually,
0: the bible is so uh like what god has purposely put forth in scripture for us to know to be saved is simple right we have simple gospel verses that are as clear as day but there's also intricate depths to scripture which I'm especially learning right now Um, and it's yeah both are needed both are needed
1: yeah yeah. Yeah. and uh, the next point going on I'll read the quote first and then I'll kind of explain it I'll use another bible analogy but Sib says the best men are severe to themselves and tender over others and then when he said that, I immediately... Because uh, mm-hmm. where I work right now, we're going through Philippians. So I was like, oh, this reminds me of a thing in Philippians. So I'm just going to flip to it quick. I'm almost there. Don't worry. But yeah, Philippians 2, 3 to 4. It says, Do nothing, nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Mm. Each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And later in the letter, we see this exact principle, like applied with Paul and Timothy and their companion, Epaphroditus, if I'm pronouncing that right. (laughs) That's a (laughs) mouthful. Yeah, and if anybody in this letter is severe to themselves and tender towards others, it's it's Epaphroditus, because Mm. as, as we hear from Paul, he for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. So we learn that he was sick to almost to the point of death. And then he was going hard. Yeah. And Paul also says like when Epaphroditus heard that the the. Church in Philippi was worried about him because he was sick. Mm. That's what he was concerned about now. He was like, Oh no, like they're gonna worry about me. They must not mm. worry about me. And it's like, dang, that guy's hard on himself. Yeah. But I think that's kind of what Sibs is getting mm. at. It's like this selflessness for the sake of like Christ and like mm. the his body. So
0: Yeah, and and it applies with sin too, right? Like, um the greatest I don't think using the word greatest, the most humble men. And women see more sin in themselves than they do in others, right? They're harsh on themselves and you ought to be uh, for good reason. But, but when you're dealing with others, you have to be tender with their souls, mm. um, not allowing them to be in sin. That's not what Sibs is saying here, but the way in which it's, it's pastoral, right? The pastoral nature and care uh, of the sheep, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, needed. You want to do the next one too, and then I'll will do the yeah, one Yeah, yeah, sir.
1: So there's quite literally zero room for boasting in the Christian life. Christ does not require that we meet a certain level of brokenness or a certain level of strength to be saved. Rather, He says in John six thirty three that all whom the Father gives me, I will not cast out. If you flee to Christ, you will be safe in His hands. And Sib says about this, Christ refuses none for weaknesses of parts, that none to be discouraged, but accepts none for greatness, that none to be lifted up, that which is of so little reckoning with God. Hmm. And that, that, that language is a little difficult to discern, but I think what he's trying to say is like, even like the weakest people he lets in so he knows that, so we know that no matter how weak you are, like you're let in and he also but he also doesn't accept any of our boasting so he knows that <laughs> none of us are allowed to boast like it's all compared to god we're all just worms and dust yeah. so yeah that's that's a, i like that point
0: hmm. yeah we're definitely a bit tired so <laughs> forgive us for that um <laughs> but i hope we're making sense for you so yeah moving on so um before I read another quote from Sibs, I had this uh, this thought, which reflects the quote. Um, I know I've gotten a package before. If you've ever gotten a package with some tape on it says fragile, um, I'm sure you have. Well, like those packages, uh, some Christians are fragile. Most Christians are fragile. <laughs> so we must remember... Uh, we must remember to deal with great care with them and remember that Christ came in both grace and truth. Grace without truth is mushy, but truth without grace is harsh. We must deal with others with a fine mixture of both. And this is something that I have been convicted on greatly this past year. I'm the one who's prone to uh, stand for truth valiantly, but is not prone to show grace. So the Lord's been really humbling me and teaching me in this area. So I definitely relate with this. And Sib says this, which is, again, beautiful imagery. Weak Christians are like glasses, which are hurt with the least violent usage, but if gently handled, will continue a long time. This honor of gentle use we are to give to the weaker vessels, by which we shall both preserve them and likewise make them useful to the church and ourselves yeah it's I like, I like how he adds to the point at the end there that in this gentle usage and gentle care of, of, of weak Christians that it both helps to preserve them and also to make them uh, more fit for the service of Christ and the church
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah like he's not his gentleness towards us isn't just to like okay I'm going to be gentle right now and The later, like I'm gonna tell you some truth, and you're gonna grow up. It's like no, his his gentleness is effective in the way where it it like brings us closure to him, and Mm -hmm. it does actually teach us.
0: And it's all it's all for our good and for His glory.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I I think that's probably uh like you were saying, like a bit of a missed. uh, I'm not sure how to put it, but it's like we kind of stress some churches stress grace like way too much and it's yeah. like it's all about grace man yeah. love man like peace sign like jesus just hugs and love and we're all that. free and we're free we can do whatever yeah, we're we free, want free man but it's like no like <laughs> that's there's grace but if it's not mixed with truth it it just gets mushy and yeah in, in
0: previous episodes we talked about needing both the gospel and the lash of the law yeah. right it's mm-hmm. the law and the gospel. The law, but out of Christ condemns us, but in Christ, the law is our rule of life and faith. Mm. Um, And we need both truth of God's will and his law, but also the grace that Christ forgives us even in our shortcomings. Um, But one without the other, like you can't have the gospel without the law, but you can't properly in this state try and obey the law without the gospel, Mm. So yeah, yeah, they're both both necessary. Mm-hmm. And it's important to, to... That is one of the greatest truths that you can understand. Both for yourself and for dealing with others. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Want me to get this final point? Yeah, go for it. <laughs>
1: yeah, so it's a good reminder at the end of this chunk, which was supporting the week, is... As we've said a lot in this podcast, but we should not expect God's sanctifying work in this life to be completed in this life. And at First John says that anyone who says he has no sin deceives himself. So again, we're reminded that like we should ex- not expect perfection in us or in others, but we should be gracious to the sin. But we should strive
0: for it still. Yeah. In the power of this Holy Spirit, in love, yeah. we're, we're to strive for that perfection.
1: It's not like a lazy kind of yeah. expecting, like oh, like it's we diligent, sin, diligent, yeah. yeah. We're still fighting it, yeah. And also, so in Sib says about this perfect refining is for another world, for the world of the souls of perfect men.
0: Mm, which so good, yeah. And that's our I, hope I like too. That. That's our hope. We will. Mm. There will be a time after the judgment seat, after the judgment day, where the whole cosmos will be free from every single taint of sin and we will be saved to sin no more. And we will live in a morally perfect, glorious world with Christ.
1: Yeah, I like what i like I was reading uh Heaven is a World of Love by Jonathan Edwards. It's one of his sermons mm. in like the little book series, but and I I love what he was saying about it. And it's just like it's so obvious when you when you start thinking about heaven, but you don't think about it right away. But in heaven, like wherever you look, there's nothing displeasing but mm. only pleasing. So it's like you're you're not gonna look at this tree and be like, eh, it's a little too bent," or <laughs> the the leaves are falling off it. But everything is just gonna be glorious mm-hmm. and just like filling you with awe and just like loving God. It's just off, oh, it'll be yeah. awesome.
0: And it's that's our hope, brother, sister. We need to be reminded constantly of this. This is not this corrupt world is not our home. We're looking forward to a a world and a kingdom that has foundations of truth and grace. And perfection, the foundation of Christ, um, and we should yearn for that. We should long for that in our deepest being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's let's summarize what we've gone over quickly in this episode. Uh, so the first point was the least spark of grace is precious, it's a small one, but it's it's, it's an important one. Uh, Jesus bears our unbelief and does not quench us despite it. And secondly, Jesus cherishes the small spark of faith, even though it may be mixed with much smoke. Yeah. Do you have one more thing you want to say there?
1: (laughs) I don't really got anything. No. All right. (laughs) But thank you for checking, Evan. I just
0: wasn't sure. Let's go ahead. Move on. I'll
1: I'll go to the next point. Summarizing summarizing support the weak. But because we are weak, we should also be compassionate to those who are weak among us. And a a verse that's kind of, relevant to this is second corinthians 1 4 which says uh the father of mercies and god of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by god Mm -hmm. so and i think that's kind of what sib was getting at it's like we are burning wicks and bruised reeds, surrounded by burning wicks and bruised reeds. And God comforts us so that we can comfort one another because we're Mm kind of all in the same situation. And along the same lines, we must not seek to overwhelm young Christians with too much. We must slowly feed them as they grow by God's grace. So we can think of Evan's blender analogy. (laughs) And so we must deal gently. Gent- oh, the second point, or third point, we must deal gently with Christians because, for the most part, they are fragile. And finally, we must not expect to be made perfect in this life. Rather, in our weaknesses, we will always have to deal with sin. Yet Christ does not quench the smoking flax.
0: Hmm. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. So it's been yeah it was a good chapter I again this imagery like I've said before it always it's always it always sticks with me that and if there's one thing to get away from this chapter I think it's it it is the imagery that Christ is blowing so gently enough that he's feeding enough oxygen to your flame even though it's flickering but he won't Joe won't Joe won't blow hard enough are so hard that it'll extinguish the flame. Um, And it's his grace. And he uses the ordinary means of grace to quicken us and to build us up in our faith. The word, prayer, worship, Lord's Supper. And yeah, so we should seek those things diligently because ultimately we are all weak and we all must deal with each other uh, accordingly. And yeah. So we hope this uh, episode's been an encouragement to your soul. We apologize for the uh, maybe lack of clarity in our speech because of how tired we are.
1: But <laughs> yeah, this podcast was from one bruised reed and smoking to, flax to, to another. To another. <laughs> <Yep>.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. Anyways, let's, let's go before the Lord in prayer. This is a, a prayer actually by Richard Sibbs. It's called Mercy Upon Mercy. O Lord, reveal Yourself more and more to us in the face of Your Son, Jesus Christ. Magnify the power of grace by cherishing the seeds of that grace in the midst of our corruption. Bring us to humility by the way You show us our own sin and weakness. And since You have taken us into the covenant of grace, You will not cast us away, though our sins grieve Your Spirit and remind us how far off we are. And because Satan tries to obscure the glory of that mercy through discouragement, add this to the rest of your mercies. Since you are so gracious to those who follow you as Lord, help us not to misuse your grace or lose any part of the comfort that is laid up for us in Christ. Let the prevailing power of your spirit be evidence of the truth of grace begun in us, a pledge of final victory for the time when you will be all in all. All yours for eternity. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Men of Old podcast. Please tune in next time for more edifying content from the Great Cloud of Witnesses so that we may continue to run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith.